Madame Guyon lived from 1648 to 1717 and was one of the most influencing figures to change the life of many. She was born as an aristocrat. Her mother was the main party of the high society surrounding the French King Louis XIV. She grew up in a household where her dad was a very well-to-do, deeply religious man, highly respected in the community. His title, Seigneur de la Morte-Vergonville. He held a prestige position as a Lord Mayor of a large province. Her mother was not very religious, more interested in charities and social functions than bringing up her children who were left in the care of servants. Jeanne-Marie was early put into the nearby Euseline Seminary, where she was a two-and-a-half-year-old two toddler. Her upbringing was influenced by the strict Roman Catholic education of various orders. The child was early bright and easy-led. Late in 1662, the Duchess of Montpensant, a friend of the Lamotte family, came to reside with the Benedictine nuns there. She persuaded Monsieur Lamotte to enroll this pretty little four-year-old Jeanne-Marie in the convent of the Benedictines. Here he felt confident the child would get the care and attention her mother seemed unable to give her. Marie became the shadow to the magnificent Duchess who looked after her. Jeanne saw many good examples of Christian behavior, what she tried to emulate. She loved the Lord Jesus with all her heart and found satisfaction in the rituals of ceremonial worship in the chapel services. One night, Jeanne-Marie had a frightful experience. She saw people in hell being tormented forever and had no way to get out. Overwhelmed by this vivid dream, and the reality of hell, she cried, Oh my God, if thou wilt have mercy upon me, and spare me yet a little longer, I will never ever offend thee. Fearful lest she should close her eyes and die unforgiven and wake up in hell, she insisted upon making confession that very moment. Even as a five-year-old, she was fully aware that she was in a lost state and needed salvation. Her conviction was so strong that she confessed to the older girls of the covenant. Wanting to show her Savior, Lord and Jesus, she would wanted to become a martyr, to show him her sincerity, that she loved him. Much to their delight, Jeanne-Marie believed everything what the girl said. Of course, she would be most happy to prove her loyalty and devotion to Jesus. And they prepared for her a red cloth on the floor, where she would have to kneel, and one of the girls issued a sword and was about to release it upon Jeanne-Marie, when Marie looked up in tears, knowing that her life would end it. She cried out and stop, I have not asked my father's permission. And the girls were saying she lost now a chance of becoming a martyr 
and would burn in hell. Jeanne realized then that the girls were making fun of her, intended never to go through with it, and she withdrew in her spirit and became very withdrawn. No matter what the Duchess, priests or nuns or her father said, Jeanne Marie felt depressed and convicted that she had offended the blessed Saviour and not sure whom she could trust. When Jane Marie turned seven, she was turned over to the Jerusalem uh, Seminary for the second time. But under the care of her older sister, who was a teaching nun, it turned out to be a wise decision that the two were becoming close to each other. Besides regular scholastic studies, Jane Marie received guidance in scripture reading, prayers and penances. One day her father sent a message to come home. This time her father had a guest here to meet. It was Queen Henrietta Maria of England and her traveling companions. He asked Jean Marie to entertain his distinguished guest. The Queen was so favorably impressed with the child's polite courtesies her lively recitations, humors, and responses on dances that she wanted the girl to accompany her to England, to be the personal maid of honor to her daughter, the princess. But her father, Monsieur Lamont, declined respectfully because of the political situation in Europe. Jeanne Marie found herself back in the Jerusalem Seminary, her dream shattered. Months later, when Jeanne Marie became again under tutorship of her half-sister, she became again pronounced in her faith. In an attempt to receive the gift of spiritual prayer, such as Madame Jeanne France Chantal possessed, she read how that saintly woman burned the image of the holy name of Jesus into her flesh with a hot iron, so literally as she understood it, to set the Lord's name as seal upon her heart. She wanted to copy that act of piety, and she wrote the word Jesus in large letter on pieces of paper. Then with needle and thread she sewed his name to her skin, in four places, allowing it to remain there under her clothes, in painful penance to the Lord. Wrong as it was, be to remember that the Roman Catholic Church advocated and encouraged self-discipline like this among his inheritance. Claiming that Jesus Christ has called her to become a nun, she decided to join the order of Francis de Sales. Her father said clear no, but Jeanne would not give up and wanted to join secretly while her father was away. But the nuns refused, realizing that it would create too much strife for everybody. Jane Marie turned into other things. She fell in love with a devout young man. They wanted to marry. But her father did not give his consent because they were cousins. It took her a great time of recovery. Inside was great turmoil, but outside she contained her posture as a Roman Catholic. As a young lady, she was beautiful, intelligent, and immensely gifted to liaise with people, 
So her natural effort was to become the belle of the courts of King Louis XIV, and everybody wanting to associate with her, but was also the desire of her mother, who was very acquainted in these royal circles. But then the Holy Spirit reminded her of his desire to use her. Therefore she abounded these uh, court appearances. Uh, despite her mother's disapproval, she encountered Father Lacombe and a young priest who said to her, The Lord wants your heart. And she knew then that she had to invite the precious Savior into her heart and become a spouse to him. This would change her whole life, then now she had a relationship with her beloved Lord. Her father then selected a husband for her much older than she was. He was an architect and a man of great influence in the aristocratic society and in the courts of King Louis. His wealth and standing was without question much to be admired. But Jeanne-Marie did not love him but was obedient to her father's wishes. She bore five children to him, where three died. Her marriage was a trial, then her mother-in-law was certainly not in one mind with her, and with the servants did not acknowledge her status as a lady of the house. When her husband became very ill and was sick to death, she cared for him in the same gentle manner and before he closed his eyes, he acknowledged that his wife was a very saintly woman and that he did not deserve. After that, she took over the control of all his business affairs and the complete household and became friends with her mother-in-law for the first time. With her two remaining sons, she felt that the Lord called her to Grenoble for ministry. She entrusted herself to the Bishop de Aranton what to do. Knowing that she was a very wealthy woman, that man had only in mind to get his hand on her money, for the benefit of the Church, and advised her to set up a caring role among his parishioners what she did with excellence. Jeanne-Marie became like her little daughter, beset with smallpox, and was near death. Her spiritual father, advisor Lacombe, rushed to her and prayed for her complete healing, what she received. But to encounter any temptation to use her beauty for worldly purposes, she left the pocket-scarce marks on her face. The Lord had something different in mind for her and pursued her to write that what the Holy Spirit would give her. And in the long hours at night or during the day, she was writing a commentary that would influence the life of many. Also the little book what was becoming a precious possession for many of the Christian faith and influenced the life of Quakers hundred years later the life of Graf Zinzendorf, and many other saints. When she was ministering to people, a revival was breaking out, and many were saved in France. Her fame went through the whole of Europe. Her teaching was similar to Michael de Malono, 
the precious uh, Spanish saints imprisoned by the Roman Catholic Church. Persecution by her own brother, Father Lamorton, by the Bishop D. Aranton, started and she was accused of heresy, not lining up with the Roman Catholic teaching. Father Lacombe, her spiritual advisor, was in prison on the 3rd October 1687, and his books were burned shortly after that, and she was receiving the same fate. She was imprisoned by the degree of Louis XIV on the 29th of January, 1668, for heresy and false teaching. And all her books were burned. Her half-brother, Father Lamotte, was direct involved in the betrayal. He was initially very jealous of the fact that Jeanne-Marie was wealthy and did not share her trust with him. In an attempt to bring about unity of faith and to establish Roman Catholicism as a state religion, King Louis revoked the Edict of Nantes and made by King Henry IV, which granted protection to the French Protestants, and stamped out heresies at any cost to bring him in a more favorable light with the Pope. That was causing all the trouble and started the persecution of the saints. Like Luther, who dared to point out the 95 Thes, uh, Madame Guyon thought that justification came by Jesus Christ alone, and sanctification too. She was officially branded as heretic and all her books were burned, only because of the intercession of ladies of considerable influence. In the court of the king she was temporarily released from prison and her hate was deteriorating rapidly. But her best writings came from these confinements. Madame Guyon's book, A Short and Easy Way Praying, caused the greatest upset among the Roman Catholic clergy. January 20, 1696, she was arrested again and sent to the castle of Vincennes, where she spent 12 years with the maidservants in confinement. Frail and sick as she was, then transferred to the most dreaded prison, the Bastille, where a maidservant died not enduring the terrible condition of cold and dampness during the winter, and in intolerable heat during the summer where the rats, cockroaches, biting insects were a daily routine, where you lost your identity and became a number. You had to wash your remaining clothes and the food were deplorable, pieces of raw meat, rotten cabbage, moldy bread served again and were not eaten by other prisoners. Jane would sweetly sing to the rats a song of salvation as the only companionship she had. She was on the intercession of many finally released 712 after four years in the Bastille and remained with her son, living for 15 years, where many of the clergy came for spiritual advice and people were still touched by the Holy Spirit through her never doubting ministry. Many people associated with her had to suffer great persecution. Fenelon, Father Delacombe, who died in a mental hospital 
in dreadful conditions. Some of France's most renewed people were touched by her ministry. Dukes and duchesses, princesses and nobles, even Madame Maintenon, the mistress and later secret wife of Louis XIV, came to know Jesus Christ. On the 9th of June 1717, that is 15 years after the release from the Bastille, she was finally united with her heavenly bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, in a better word. Now this remarkable story is a great testimony. When God has entered the heart of men, that he can change that particular person and can mold it if that person releases the will to him and becomes a saint and can influence the life of many. And so, my beloved friend, if you hear that story, take it into your heart and seek the Lord Jesus Christ. You can also get the books, the small little book by any Christian bookstore. It will bless you and it will enhance your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen.